0: LOI Match Day on Off The Ball.
1: Well, I'm delighted to be joined by UCD defender Evan O'Sam on the, this week's League of Ireland podcast on Off The Ball. Um, Evan, look, I'll start with the elephant in the room. That 7-0 defeat to St. Patrick's Athletic at the weekend. Uh, what's the feeling after that? Uh, yeah, look,
2: um, obviously it was a, a tough tough night uh, tough out at the office. And, um, yeah, look, I think probably we were off it a little bit um, and pats are flying at the minute, you know, and if you're if you if you're off it, they're going to punish you. So, um, yeah, look, it was a tough night, um, but look, I have to kind of move on and take it as a, a learning. I suppose we've kind of a lot of, of young lads, so um, maybe first time kind of having a defeat like that. So, yeah, just have to learn from it and look ahead to game this Friday now, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. How does your manager, Andy Myler, handle the squad in a week like this after that kind of a defeat?
2: Yeah, it looked kind of similar to what I I said there. Um, Just kind of spoke to us about kind of learning from it. And, you know, if we're in a situation kind of like that again where maybe we're a few goals down and under a lot of pressure, just trying to, I suppose, keep things as, as tight as we can so that, it, you know, you're, you're not going to lose 6-7 or whatever. Um, so, yeah, just kind of a little discussion about that and then, yeah, really just kind of looking looking ahead to next week or to, to this week and, as I said, yeah, just kind of preparing for, for that, just putting it to bed, really.
1: Yeah. Uh, just on on UCD's struggles this season, um. Do you think it's been solely down to the loss of key players or have there been other aspects that have gone wrong, do you think, this season for UCD?
2: Yeah, look, definitely it doesn't help. I mean, we lost a fair few from um team we would have would have had last year. And I suppose that's probably kind of always the, the way UCD, just the, the nature of the way things work, that will kind of move on. Um, and yeah, as I said, we we did lose probably a lot of, of key players in particular this year, which doesn't make it easy. Um having said that, like we have have kind of brought a few lads in as well who have done well, but I suppose we've as well as kind of losing lads to other teams, we have had injuries as well. I mean, like we've had Sam Pot, who'd be one of our key players, hasn't hasn't played at all yet this year through injury. So yeah, I think there've been a, a few kind of Factors which have made it difficult for us. Um, so, yeah, it's, just, it's probably been, been tough. Um, but, yeah, I suppose going into second half of the season now, just looking to kind of push on. We'd, uh, obviously, we the a difficult night on Friday, but the week before we did have a, a good win against Ligo. So, um, yeah, hoping to kind of build on that now in the next few weeks. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was a really impressive win against Tiger Rovers. I was going to mention that because um, Mm -hmm. I just remember last year, and I I covered a few games where UCD were involved and one of the impressive things uh, was, I think, midway through the season, a lot of people are kind of thinking UCD will go down this season, but whatever Andy Myler and you as a group of players did, you were able to Really, I suppose a bit of that's kind of siege mentality, and you you pull out some really good defensive performances, but but show that you can go on the front foot as well. And I suppose is that something you keep in mind? Like midway through last season, it looked like you were going to struggle, but then you managed to turn things around.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I suppose it was similar last season. Look, we were probably a little bit closer to the teams above us, and um, but yeah, as you said, kind of a lot of people had kind of written us off, and had us relegated already and yeah, we did kind of manage, obviously managed to turn it around and, and stay up. So yeah, definitely something we know that we, we can do, we can, um, you know, pick up a few results if we, if we get ourselves right. Um, and yeah, that experience from last year, I suppose will hopefully stand to us this year and kind of help us kick on a little bit,
1: give us confidence. And like, even though you are a, a young fella yourself, Evan, you know you're one of the experienced players in the squad now. So I suppose it's it's up to you as well to kind of try and show that bit of leadership to some of the younger players in the squad. Do you feel that like yourself?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad glad to hear you call me young. <laughs> yeah, I usually hear a lot of the lads like to give me a bit of stick for being one of being a bit older, but. um <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and is fairness, there's a, there's a few. I am. I am actually the, the oldest player, but there are a couple, you know, who are around the, the same age as me um, and who have been around, you know, who have played a lot of, of games in the league. So, um, yeah, definitely. I suppose there is a, a bit of onus on us to kind of step up and maybe... Helps so the younger lads when it's you know their kind of first or, or second seasons and um, yeah definitely is a bit of honest honest to kind of yeah help them and step up and kind of drag them through difficult times like we've kind of been having so yeah
1: yeah absolutely um I wanted to ask you briefly as well about Colin Whelan um, former teammate of yours you must have been really good at for him after uh, suffering that second really terrible injury uh play for Derry City um a player who I think a lot of people think will go on to do great things um and I suppose even as a, a man who's uh, studied and qualified to be a physiotherapist like yourself you know you know all about all these kind of difficult injuries and do you think uh, there there is a way back for him Oh yeah look obviously yeah very disappointing and sad to hear that you know
2: you kind of suffered the injury again um yeah, as you mentioned, you know, great player, and even in the in the few games he played when he came back, you know, I think he scored two or three goals, um in probably two or three games, you know, he was he was really fine, Um, but yeah, look, he's I'm sure he'd be working hard to come back, and um, he's obviously he's, he he spent a kind of year rehabbing it and got himself back, and look, it'd be tough for him, and um, you know, particularly kind of mentally and stuff to go through that again, but. Look, he's a he's a good lad, he's strong, he's done it before, so yeah. Um please God he'll, you know, get back fit and foreign and yeah, no doubt that he, he has the quality. So hope to see him back.
1: Um yeah, foreign again. Yeah, and look, I know it was a totally different injury, but like you've been there yourself as well, Evan, haven't you? you had a, a bad Achilles injury there a couple of years ago, so you know what it's like to be, uh, I suppose, in that situation where you're trying to come back from a serious injury, and it, it takes, like, it takes a lot of mental strength, doesn't it, to come back from something mm-hmm. like
2: that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Achilles, and I actually I had an ACL myself as well when I was uh, eighteen. So yeah, I know exactly what it's like. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose the mental side is probably the toughest. Like the the rehab and the the gym work. I mean, you just you just kind of do it. You just follow the instructions you're given. But yeah, it's it's mentally it's it's kind of tough. Just you know, knowing that there's a long road ahead and there are setbacks on it. But yeah, I suppose you just kind of keep keep thinking of the the end goal, which is obviously to be back playing and enjoying yourself and that kind of just gets you through it when you're having difficult days and stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, I you don't know, like obviously you're the son of Paulo Zamm as well, former League of Ireland player. Had he been through anything like that? Was he able to give you a bit of support or advice during that kind of, during that time?
2: Yeah, he actually, he did not an ACL injury himself. Um, so yeah, he, he kind of knew um, what I was going through. So yeah, he was... He was able to help me and support me. Um, probably, uh, his was probably early 90s, so a bit different in terms of the, the rehab and recovery and stuff um, compared to when I did mine, But yeah, he was, as I said, like the mental kind of stuff, he would have gone through the same. So, um, yeah, when I was having bad days or, or difficult kind of periods on the, the road to recovery, you know, he was able to say, look, I know, I know you're feeling like the same, but he managed to get back and, had quite a, a good career after, so yeah, it was helping in that way.
1: Yeah, he sure did. It was a five league titles with St Patsy. He had one with Rovers as well. Shamrock Rovers. Uh, not yeah, a yeah. bad old career at all. Does he? Uh, does he still flash those medals at you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, he he brings it up now and then. Yeah, he, he has the medal somewhere. But in fairness, <laughs> he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't showcase them too much. I think. I think they're probably up in the attic somewhere. But. <laughs> Yeah, no, he does he does like remind me
1: that he, he you know he won a few. But yeah. Yeah, what a player. Did you ever get to see him play? I wonder actually.
2: Yeah, I did. Uh I think I was about five or six when he retired. So I couldn't I couldn't tell you whether he was good or not, but I do remember being down in uh in Richmond and stuff and, and being at a lot of the games. Um so yeah, I would have yeah, thankfully I do get to, to see him play, but yeah.
1: Yeah, that's great, great, great guy. Your dad, Aussie. I don't know. I would have seen him quite a lot in the, on the beat back in the day when he was coaching and stuff. Uh, really great fella to talk to. Um, just to finish, then Evan shells at home this week. Um, you drew against them at home earlier in the season, so that gives you, I suppose, a bit of hope and a bit of inspiration going into this tie on Friday.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like you said, we drew nil all, and then. The second time we played them was narrow, 1-0 defeat. Probably wasn't a whole lot in the game. Um, so and yeah, I suppose we have to kind of take confidence from both those games. Um, again, we're at home again this week. So yeah, just looking, as I said, looking to kind of build on our, our last home game against um, Sligo. Um, look, it could be tough. Shells are, are going quite well at the minute. But yeah, as I said two kind of close games against them so far this season so yeah looking to definitely get something from the game on Friday absolutely
1: yeah Well the very best of luck with that Evan and for the rest of the season look you never know what happens with the other teams dropping points over the next few weeks I'm sure it's going to be exciting either way but um, thanks a million again for coming on the podcast this week Evan Ozan has been a pleasure No problem thanks Stephen well, Darren Craven from Bray Wanderers. Thanks, William, so for joining us on the LOI Match Day podcast on Off the Ball this week. Um, I wanted to start off the interview actually asking you first, do you ever score normal goals, unspectacular goals? Because uh, I was watching your rasper there against Kerry a couple of weeks ago. You, you beat them 3-2. Um, and also, you got a couple for Longford Town last season against Culver Ramblers against Galway United. Absolute peaches. Um, so you look like a man a bit like Stephen Gerrard I don't think you score normal goals do you?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that Stephen Gerrard probably a bit generous but now i looked at a couple of nice ones over the years but I probably do need to score a few more need to get a few ugly ones on on the record but uh, look as long as they go in I don't mind so yeah Happy with that, Jared. So I'm taking that.
1: <laughs> are you, but like in seriousness, do you, is that something you practice quite a lot yourself? Would you practice long range shooting or is it all sorts of goals you try and get, get better at?
3: Yeah, no, we'd work on everything. It's just a bit of a knack for it, I suppose. Um, with a longer, I've always kind of got a couple from outside the box down my years and they're always a, they are a little bit more enjoyable when they fly in the top corner. So, and um, yeah, hopefully they keep coming anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's that carry you in on the draw last week with Treaty United. Um a reaction I suppose to those back to back defeats. Were you happy enough with that response as a squad?
3: Yeah, I suppose we were. Um look after the break it's important just to get back to win ways, which we did. And then Treaty we probably might have won on the night with enough chances. So but look, we'll take a point, it's a tough enough place to go. So look, four out of six isn't bad since the break, so we'll take it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, you spent last season, I mentioned uh, your, your couple of goals for them at Longford Town. Uh, how did that come about and how beneficial do you think it was for your own career?
3: Yeah, look, I was with Ray before and then obviously Gary Cronin moved up to Longford, so look, I enjoyed my time with Gary and decided to go with him. Um, again, look, I was enjoying it before. I got injured for the year, but uh, yeah, and no, I was a good club. Longford really enjoyed me, my time there and,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us a bit about the injury.
3: Yeah, probably couldn't uh, come at our worst time. It was going well. I think we were, we were second in the league. I was getting a couple of goals and then ruptured my ACL, my PCL, the whole knee pretty much. So, look, it was the uh, year out then. Only got back this April. But yeah, look, it's all part of it. I've probably been lucky up to this point. I've never really had anything. So, um, just back playing now and enjoying it, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's like it's one thing if you're suffering a serious injury like that, maybe at a a big professional club over in the UK or something. You're you're in the first division in the League of Ireland. That must be a real a huge setback, and I suppose the cost of just getting back onto the pitch as well must be a big thing.
3: Yeah, it all plays into it, especially yeah, when you're trying to work as well. You find yourself you're you're missing training just to. To do your own rehab and you're not really involved with the group. But fairness philanthropy, they they were great, looked after everything cost wise. They were couldn't have asked for any more from them. Like they really looked after me. So um no, they were they were great to deal with and yeah, couldn't ask any more of them.
1: Yeah, that's that's good to hear. And I suppose it's the mental side of it as well. That's what you hear an awful lot of players talk about when you're out injured. It's the mental side of it. I spoke to somebody yesterday about an Achilles injury and it's just the, that whole kind of thing of being on your own injured on the on the treatment table can be a, a tough thing to go through.
3: That's it. It's just it's finding the motivation to do it. Like it's, it's really slow and it's not, the rehab, it's not exciting stuff. but you're just trying to get yourself motivated to do what it. it is. It's and like you say, it's, it's nights on your own. It's all you're not around the team anymore. So it's, it's just finding of the motivation to do with long hours in the gym and get back. But once you're back, it is all worth it. Join it all again. So.
1: Yeah, well, it is good to see you back and scoring again. Uh, you took, I suppose, the lesser trodden path these days from the the Leinster Senior League. You played with Malahide, I think, was it before you ended up at Bray?
3: Yeah, I did. Yeah, years of Malahide and look, another great great club always looked after me as well there. So um, look, there was a, there was always options to step in earlier, and look, it's probably a regret that I didn't do it. Now looking back, I wish I had made this leap a little earlier. But look, a good years of Malahide as well, and. Yeah, enjoying it now. Anyway, playing the league. So,
1: yeah. Why? Why didn't you make that step earlier? Do you think?
3: I th- it's a bit of everything. Work and just finding a club that fits in with work and doing a bit of travel when you're younger and yeah. But looking back now, I kind of I do wish I'd made the step earlier. I yeah. didn't realize how much I'd enjoy it until I stepped in. So, yeah.
1: And what is that uh, difference in in quality between the Leinster Senior League now and stepping up to the first division?
3: Yeah, there there is a bit. It's um, it's more just every week. Like the last senior league, there's there is quality players well capable of playing within the League of Ireland. But it's just being being fit every week, dealing with the travel, dealing with everything else. It's it all plays it all plays a part. So um, in terms of the standard, uh, there's not a massive difference. But it's just looking after yourself, the fitness, professionalism, them little bits make the difference. I think.
1: Yeah, because you'll hear a lot of players that maybe, and we might be going back a couple of years, but players that have played in the Leinster Senior League um, and then come back to a League of Ireland club that, especially for a young player, maybe lads around late teens, early 20s, that it's a really good experience to go play against men in the Leinster Senior League before going back to the League of Ireland.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's great learning. Isn't it? And like, holding no punches in that league. It's, uh, it's fairly competitive. and um, Like, you learn a lot about yourself and how to deal with things on a pitch so honest for a kids definitely yeah it is a great learning path I think for them yeah
1: yeah and um, what's it like being working under Ian Ryan as a boss because he went in there I suppose a club that's it was, it's was it been in, in a bit of turmoil it's fair to say over the last couple of seasons but um, Ian Ryan went in there and he's, he's had a big job in his hand not just with the playing staff but uh, how have you found it?
3: Yeah, no, it's been enjoyable. And look, obviously looking in from the outside last year, you do hear a bit of stories and, and say I wasn't worried, not worried, but you're cautious of it. But, um, no, Ian's been great. And fairness, the whole club has been, it's been, we couldn't ask for any more as players. It's been really professional. Everything's been as you'd want it for a League of Honor team. And, yeah, no, it's been really enjoying it so far, yeah.
1: And he seems like a very progressive manager. I'd say a lot of uh, kind of uh, a modern progressive manager, I should say.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you see it the way he wants to play. It's, it's high energy. It's press. It's keep the ball. It's like as all the good managers you seen in the Premier League, they now it's very similar ethos. I think he follows in the training, like follows that as well. It's good. It's, it's fun. It's competitive. So yeah, no, it's been really enjoyable. So far.
1: Yeah. Well look, there's fifteen games left this season. It's it's really flying by. Um, and Wexford, of course, they're four and five points behind you. Do you feel at this stage of the season now that it's you know, dropping points could be a, a major blow to any aspirations you have to make in those playoffs?
3: Yeah, definitely. Like we're it's that tight between I think there's probably six, seven teams. It's nothing really in it and we're right on the line at the minute. But look, I think in terms of the squad, I think we quality probably should be a little bit higher than we are in terms of points on the board but yeah look it's all about just getting them now the season really only starts now if, as long as you find a bit of form and make sure we're in the playoffs from the end of the year
1: yeah I and mean, you've taken four points from two games against this week's opponents Finn Harps already this season what stands out to you about those two previous meetings
3: the first thing I missed I wasn't back on the pitch of course, yeah course. Yeah, the, the, uh, the second one that was again I think it was 2-0 on the night but it was tough competitive well organised team. so and I'm sure it would be a different story up there now on Friday night but um, looking forward to it yeah we're on a little bit of a run since the break so hopefully getting another three points there
1: yeah and it's a, it's a tough slog isn't it for players going away to Finn Harps and making that long trip and, and trying to get yourself into into game mode then
3: yeah exactly look to be honest it's the whole division this year it seems to be miles away but you're kind of <laughs> useful at this stage but this is the one you don't look forward to I think the bus up here but look once you get on the pitch you, you forget about everything so we're just looking for the three points again
1: Friday 100% well listen Darren it's been a pleasure speaking to you I really appreciate you giving us your time um, hopefully it goes well for you on Friday and best of luck for the rest of the season
3: how about it thanks Stephen
1: well, I'm delighted to be joined on the show, on the podcast this week by the Drawley United defender, Emmanuel Adeboyega. Well, I'm told Emmanuel, some people call you Manny. I don't know what you want me to call you. I don't want to be uh, yeah, yeah. getting too nah, familiar you with you. call me
0: Manny. <laughs> Manny <laughs> nah, Adeboyega. Manny. Well,
1: listen, it's, it's great mm-hmm. to have you on the podcast this week, Manny. Um, just to, to look back first on on your most recent match uh, down at Turler's Cross, uh, it was a game in which you were mm-hmm. leading 1-0. You lose the lead in the 82nd minute to draw one-one with Cork City. They're in form, so like they they came into that game in form. Do you look at it though as as a point gained, a good point gained away from home, or was it two points dropped?
0: Um, you can kind of see from both sides, to be honest, um, because we played like, as you said. We had the lead for up to the 82nd minute, then we kind of lost the But They go down to turnus Cross and even you know leave with something. It's also good as well because it's not, a, it's not a place where you can, you know, always win or draw. So it's kind of hard to go down to Turners cross. But we did, um, how do I say, we did basically, we were winning. So we could have, you know, left with two with three points. But, you know, we can always just take the one point away from the game
1: yeah absolutely uh, going into that game as well of course um, the club announced that Freddie Draper was going back to Lincoln City was that a tough mm-hmm. one for the squad like does that knock confidence a bit because of how well he was playing or do you just move on fairly quickly from it
0: um, you kind of move on quickly because it's part of the game but Freddie's also a big loss because the goals he scored for us, fantastic player also in the change room he's a very good lad as well so boy it's a thing where you just have to move on and focus on the next match
1: yeah, absolutely. I suppose, on the other hand, Adam Foley, um, who's back in the team and one of the veterans of the team, maybe a little bit older than mm-hmm. Freddie Draper, but he's he's found yeah. form at the right time. Three goals in his last three matches. What's he like playing against in training?
0: thing is, a very hard worker, works very hard in training. And he's just very surprising because that's three goals in three games as well. So I just hope he continues going into next year
1: because yeah, we're going to need it definitely um, you found the net yourself of course this season against UCD I remember watching the goal from a, a quarter kick uh, I suppose I suppose you'd like to add a few more of those uh, to your tally before the end of the season
0: yeah because I think scoring goals it's probably one of the best feelings as well as keeping a clean sheet but to help the team not only defending but attacking as well it's a very good feeling so hopefully I can get to add a bit more to my game before the end of the season
1: Is that something you might work on in training, your heading skills, um, maybe just that attacking Um, side of the game in the box?
0: Yeah, because I've only scored one and we've had, I don't remember how many corners we've had all season, but I've had chances from corners and I failed to take them. So in training, I just continue to try and practice them and practice them and practice them so I can get a score
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'd imagine Kevin Doherty, though, your gaffer, the way he likes to play football as well, he's probably always saying to you, you got to prioritise your defending first.
0: Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's always, it's always good to have a good balance. So, you know, of course, you have to prioritise the defending. But if you're getting the scholarship by attacking, you know, it's not that bad. Like sometimes after training, I'll be practising free kicks and stuff. But I I do get slandered sometimes for practising my free kicks. But, you know, it's something that I like to do anyway. Just in case the opportunity falls.
1: Absolutely. I'll be keeping an eye out for uh, any draw to free kicks coming up in the next few weeks. (laughs) I was just going to ask you actually first as well, because what was how did the move from Dundalk come along? Because you're going to the rival club there in Loud. How did that happen at the start of the season? Why did did you leave Dundalk?
0: Um, So basically, I was already withdrawn on the age level. Then I moved to Dundalk on the age level as well. So, um, there was talks for me staying with on the personal level. It didn't really seem as if I would get minutes. And the priority for me personally was to get minutes going into um, first-team football. So, <clears throat> the draw, the um, opportunity fell. I heard about it, my agent told me about it, and I was just like, yeah. For me personally, at this point in time, it's probably the best place for me to go to, regardless of the rivalry and it is just a personal level just for me to get minutes. So... I jumped at the opportunity and I went and after speaking with Kevin and Darren the assistant coach it was it basically sold itself to me I just had to see it and take it
1: Yeah and it definitely is showing in your game I think you're looking a lot more confident on the ball as as the games mm-hmm. go by is that something you're aware of these days I suppose with centre backs when you see the way the game is played across Europe now that you have to be really good with the ball at your feet
0: yeah, because when you watch top-level football, every centre-half, it's like midfield because that's what I used to play. So the midfield game kind of reflects on my centre-half game. So you always have to be comfortable on the ball. So before I used to play midfield, so now it kind of makes it easier for me to play centre-half because the ball is always on my feet. So you just have to be very good on the ball and have a lot of composure. Because now in league round, i like happily say, you get pressed a lot. So the... The composure has to be in there, and you have to be good with your feet. You can't just be, you know, giving the ball away at this top level of the game as well.
1: And when you were growing up, uh, Manny, did you always have like a talent for football? Um, what kind of underage clubs did you play at uh, at home and loud? Like, what can you tell me? Like, when did you actually realise maybe when you were a good footballer?
0: Um, ever since I was young, I was always into football. So ever since the age of seven, that's when I started playing football. So the teams in loud that I used to play was Clemior, um, Rock Celtic, and Bay United on the age level. So probably around the age of 16, 15, 16, I knew I had something for football. Maybe even before that, at the age of 14. Because, you know, anytime someone comes to watch your games, they always point me out and stuff like that. But I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was probably like top three, but I was just around, you know, the best players on the team. So that's when I kind of knew I had to go for it because it was always a dream of mine to play football at the highest level wherever I am at. So I think that's when I realised, yeah, I can actually go a long way in this game.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was wondering as well, do your parents have much involvement in that? Like, was your dad or your mother, were they interested in football? Did they kind of uh, give you good encouragement or would they kind of stand back and and let you do your own thing?
0: Um, My dad, he used to play football, but you know, just local side in Nigeria and stuff like that. But they usually just sit back and just support. While it's just mainly me, I make the decisions. Of course, they advise me and they help me. They tell me what's best for me, but at the end of the day the final decision to just let me have the final decision, which I'm very happy about.
1: Yeah, you mentioned your your folks um coming from Nigeria originally. It's mm-hmm. interesting to see the makeup of the Republic of Ireland team now at senior level and, and even at under-21 level coming right through the ranks. I, mm-hmm. I think it's brilliant to see the likes of Andrew alba Chidozie Ogbeni. bene uh, we've got Michael Obafemi, of course, all on the senior team. Got a number of players playing through the underage system as well. Uh, what's that like for a young man like you who was born and, and grew up in Ireland and you see these kind of players playing in a green jersey at international level? Is It, it must be a bit of an inspiration for you.
0: Um, not only inspiration, a sense of motivation as well, because you see these players, where they come from, who they are. You look at their stories, their background, and you look at yourself and just like, I can actually do what they're doing. Because what they're doing is actually fantastic and sensational for the young ones coming up through the ranks as well. So I take it and I just look at it and I say, yeah, one day I can actually wear the green the green jersey one day in Aviva and, and hopefully play for Ireland.
1: That's a real desire for you, is it?
0: Yeah, it's to play international level, to even play for your country is it's a dream. It's a dream.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You might put Andrew under pressure for his place maybe <laughs> in that back three.
0: Um, hopefully, to be honest, hopefully in a few years, I'll probably be able to see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, just on that as well, because uh, I was reading some comments last week from Jonathan mm-hmm. Affalabi, and unfortunately, um, on the on the the word side of this kind of thing is um, we've seen you know players and and not just in you know we've obviously saw Sinclair Armstrong um, taking some racist abuse from players in that friendly match a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, we've also seen it in England. We've seen it in Spain. We've seen Vinicius, of course, being well publicised. Um, is that something you've experienced at all when you've been in Ireland? When you've been playing in Ireland?
0: Um, I can happily say, fortunately, I've never actually experienced any verbal or racial like I've never experienced racial abuse to be honest um, I can say I'm probably one of the honestly I can only speak for myself I can say I'm very lucky that I've never experienced it don't really know what it's like to go through something like that so I think I'm one of the fortunate ones
1: that is a good thing Um, what did you make Mm -hmm. of the Irish squad and their reaction to uh, the abuse of Sinclair Armstrong when they they basically just said we're not playing the game and decide to walk off the pitch
0: Um, it shows a good camaraderie and solidarity within the squad and I think it's the best decision like when something like that happens I think it's best that the whole team just comes into agreement and you know just say they're not playing the match anymore so it was great to see it's great to see yeah
1: absolutely it sure was Manny Um, well listen I just got to ask you as well actually interestingly because I know Blackpool there was talk of Blackpool we're we're having a look Mm -hmm. at you I'm sure there's probably a few other teams in England is that something you're conscious of maybe scouts coming to watch your games have you had any kind of approaches from from agents or from people across the water
0: Um, like every week there's always something different so there's always interest there's always this there's always that but for me I just focus on the football side of the game to be honest it's the easiest thing for me to focus on instead of all the things that happens in the background, just leave that to the agents, to the parents. And for me, it's just focus on the football and the next match, let's say. Yeah. But it's always good to hear that there's interest from you know top, top sides in England, wherever else they are. It's always good to hear. And it's exciting as well. Just lets me know that I'm doing the right things.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I suppose the next game that you have to look after is Shamrock Grover's, um, interestingly... Yeah. You Look at the stats over the last six meetings. One of those was an FAI Cup match, now, which obviously was decided on penalties. But in those six games, Shamrock Rovers have failed to beat Drawdy United. You guys have won the last or uh, won two of those six matches. Uh, I know mm-hmm. you're involved in the last one, the 2 1 victory. Uh, what is it about Drawdy United do you think that Shamrock Rovers are struggling to get a win against?
0: <laughs> Honestly, um, what tough side to play against, and I think. We don't really suit the type of style um, that Shamrock Rovers like to play. you don't know, really like to play from the back. We like to press. We're aggressive, and also in Weaver's Park as well. It's our home ground, so I think it. Just, we just make Rovers feel uncomfortable. I think it is, but um, it's always nice to play against the best, of the best in the country as well. So I'm kind of looking forward to that game.
1: They played that interesting box midfield with the lone striker. Is that something you're conscious mm-hmm. of their tactics and that kind of thing when you go into this game?
0: Um, yeah, because you have to. They play the three at the back. They play, as you said, the box midfield, and they have quality players in the midfield as well. So you just have to try and beat them tactically as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think going into this game, we'll be very conscious of it. Yeah,
1: is that something you're interested? in, The tactical side of the game? Do you do you do you watch a lot of football and see different systems that are being played with different teams and that kind of thing?
0: Um, I would say yes, but. Honestly, I just watch a lot of football for the enjoyment of football, not really for the tactics, but it's when it's time to analyse my opposition that's when I focus on the tactical side of it and, you know, player strengths that weaknesses, especially who I'm coming up against. So, like, the strikers I'm coming up against, I'm facing, try to see the strengths that weaknesses and see how I'll be able to overcome them, to be honest.
1: Yeah, Rory Gaffney, I suppose, is, man, you're going to have to keep an eye on this Friday. (laughs) Did you come up against him in the last game?
0: Um. Yes, he started the last match, yeah. He's kind of a handful. Uh, very much a handful. Yeah. But, um, he's a very good player. But, but as I said, this league, you play against the best in the country. So every game, there's always something different, different style of play, different player coming up against. And for a young player like myself, you're just getting more and more experience and how to face um, the best of the best in the country.
1: Yeah, 100%. Well, listen, Manny, you've been very good with your time. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast to talk this week. Best of luck on Friday night and, of course, for the rest of the season.
0: Even, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. LOI match day on Off The Ball.